Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 24 of the Completed Podcast, where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related with a focus on competitive magic with some friendly banter along the way. Hope everyone has had an awesome week. Uh, I know that I am not having uh, so awesome of a week, but today I am joined by someone that you guys have heard before. Uh, it is fellow teammate Brandon Scott Tanner, aka BST. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? How was uh, how's the first couple days of the week going for you? Oh, pretty good so far. Uh, <laughs> haven't really had a whole lot to do. Just been kind of sitting around the house, so enjoying some chilling. Heard that. Heard That's that. Nice. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. So we are without. Christopher Vega this week, he is, uh, life has kind of hit him pretty hard, he's been working a lot, so doing a lot of overtime, and he's just exhausted, so we're going to give him the week off, we're going to let him kind of, kind of relax, get a little r and R. I know he's been, I think he was up for like, what, 24 hours almost, like, yeah, working? Yeah, he, he was up that's, until, I think he clocked out at like 8.15 this morning, that's and then crazy. clocked back in at like 1.30 this afternoon. Jeez. So. Yeah, that's wild. So yeah, we'll give him a break this week. Uh, I know that we haven't been uh, on the last couple weeks. Uh, I know we had the last episode with uh, Nick Strad, um, and aka Nicholas Price. He <clears throat> kind of led us into the the world of of kind of like a, what a, a Magic Online grinder kind of looks for and, and does. So that was really really cool episode. If you guys haven't heard it, uh, go back check it out. Nick's an awesome dude. We posted his. Uh, socials in the bio of the last one so um yeah i mean we did have some recent events uh i know that you had an rcq over the weekend um well i heard there was like what you said there was like 31 people in it something like that or 32 people Uh, exactly 32 yeah exactly enough for six rounds (laughs) that's crazy so like uh what did you decide to play uh, I played Blue Black Control. Um, in my opinion, it's really good right now. Um, yeah. It's very my play style, and it's probably the best The One Ring slash Shieldred deck in the format. Well, probably the best Shieldred deck for sure. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that anybody can argue that it's the best Shieldred deck. Um, I was expecting a lot more of the Omnath deck to be there, which was part of why I chose to play it. Yeah. Uh, because the Omnath matchup is just so... Uh, it's just so free. Like, you... Like if they have any amount of Beanstalks in play, you can just cast Shieldred and they can't touch it. That's fair. They can never, like, really cast spells because they're just getting taxed every time. Yeah, like, when I was, I was playing the other night, when I was testing for this event, my buddy Evan was playing Omnath. And, uh, I mean, he had triple beanstalk, and he was at 10 life, I just cast Shieldred and said go, and he was just like, ah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> draw a card. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, huh. I'll I mean, draw my card for turn and lose two, and then try to solitude it. And... It definitely is unfortunate that, like, you, there's, like, some decks, like, the, like beanstalk decks have, like, kind of popped up in, over the last, like, month or so, I guess, since, uh, since it came out. Um, but it is really crazy to see, like, Shieldred still be a huge impact against, like, Beanstalk, which is why I think Blue Black's probably decent. I don't think the deck's very good. I'm going to say it for the record. I, yeah, no, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, but I can see the appeal of playing it, and uh, so, yeah. Listen, I've, I've, been, I've never been known for playing good decks. 
That's that's fair. That's fair. So how how did you end up doing? I mean, was, was the tournament good? Uh, the tournament was fine. Um, I ended up three and three. I lost my winning end. Uh, well, I say it was my winning end. I presume it would have been for the eighth place slot because the guy that I lost to ended up in ninth, and he was one below me before the round started. Got you. So I assume that had I won, I would have ended up in eighth. Hmm. Um, because eighth place was four and two, right? Yeah, yeah. So you were what going into the last round? I was three two going into round six. Got you. Okay. Had I won that match, I think I would have ended up in eighth place. Um, my matchup versus the top eight probably would have been fine. I don't remember what all decks were there because we kind of left in a hurry. Yeah. I know that Scam was in there, and then there were, like, there was at least one mono-white martyr proc deck in the top eight that... Of course. <laughs> the You know, the Jody Keith. Jody wins one, uh, one RCQ, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, martyr's good. There were three people there playing it. Wow, that's crazy. All three of them, believe it or not, came from Louisiana. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Uh, they yeah. were... <laughs> big jo- they were all big Jody Keith fans. Uh, so you went going to see a lot of... You were looking... You're basically planning on seeing a lot of four-color decks. So, like, what was your matchup spread? Uh, so round one, I played versus Blue-Red Merktide. Okay. Um, which was fine. The matchup... That matchup feels fine. Um, yeah. The guy that was playing it was um, inexperienced. Like, it... He, he told me whenever he sat down, he was like, yeah, I'm kind of nervous. This is my first Paper Magic tournament. Yeah, um, the jitters. Yeah, and, you know, like, you could tell, like, in game one, he was, like, really kind of shaky and, like, he, like, cast expressive iteration on turn two, you know, like, instead of waiting and doing it later. Yeah. Um, but it, that was fine. I ended up 2-0 that match, and then um, there wasn't a whole lot to say about it. I just... I had a million counter spells, and his spell pierces just, just got worse kn- and worse just, as the he game. Just knew it better, probably. I mean, yeah. also it's his first magic tournament, so he's not probably not thinking too clearly, right? Yeah, like, exactly. The hype around it's probably pretty like in his head. So, like he at one point he had cast a Merktide Regent and delved away his Delirium when he had two mm. um, DRCs in play and hadn't attacked yet. Got you. And so, like, I ended up just like taking six less damage. Because yeah, of that. And that's like that's, one of those things that you would probably notice if you weren't sitting at table one at your first ever paper magic tournament playing the deck. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. And um, also, I imagine that like so like the deck that I was playing is like fully foiled and swagged out. And like I play fairly confidently. But I imagine that he was probably extremely nervous to sit across from me. Yeah, that's fair. You do play really fast. I will give you that. I do that. Um, uh, so I ended so up winning yeah. that match. Um, round two, uh, I played versus Death Shadow, uh, Grixis okay. Shadow. Um, I I will say I will preface by saying I cut a land before I went to this tournament. I went down to sixty cards and I'd cut my fifth island, and I died in game one to missing my land drops forever. I finally find land five, play it. Guy has one card in hand, a million damage in play. I cast Damnation and he spell pierced me. Specifically spell pierce. Wow. And it was really frustrating because had I just not missed a land drop, 
I would have been able to pay the two, and then he would have just been dead. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, I still had seven cards in my hand at this point because I hadn't been able to play anything. Um, in the game two, uh, my opening hand is water or fetch land, swamp, stern scolding, fatal push, uh, and then some magic cards. And uh, he goes... Turn one, DRC, I stern scolding it. Turn two, Ledger Shredder, Bobble, I fatal pushed it. And then turn three, he just, like, cast a Ragavan, didn't even dash it in. He just, like, cast it, left open basic swamp, and said go. And I was like, what? Like, first <laughs> of all, fair. why is that card yeah. still in your deck? That's fair. I mean, Ragavan's like, probably not terrible. Well, It's not great, but... It's maybe. not great, but he didn't cut any. And he was on the draw, which is, like, when you're yeah, supposed to cut them. Correct. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I just... Um, like, if he was on the play, then I can understand keeping in two of them, you know? Yeah. Because uh, the shadow deck is a little bit threat light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he ended up just... He cast it on turn three. I didn't have an answer for it. Uh, I didn't draw third land the entire game. Like, I think his first attack flipped over my island. His second attack flipped Fatal Push. His third attack flipped Bowmaster. His fourth attack flipped Fatal Push. And then the next draw I drew was a land. Dang. And at that point, like, he has, like, seven cards in hand and fucking five treasures and, uh, you know, That's like, fair. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't come back from that at that point, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I ended up losing that one. The next round I played versus, I want to say Burn. I played versus Burn in the next round, and he just, like, clapped my shit. Yeah. Um, I won game two because I cast a Merktide on turn three as an 8-8. That's pretty dope. He, he like, goes, I go turn one, fetch land, pass. He goes swift spear, attack. I fetch shock, push it, untap, play land. He casts a spell, I counterspelled it. He casts another spell, I force negationed it, and then I cast a fucking big merc time. That's fair. <laughs> and uh, I cast it, and he just goes, hmm, interesting. All right, well, I'm going to change up how I boarded, I guess. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Um, and in game three, I had a really, really good pro play moment where I, like, suspected that he had a skewer in his hand. Mm -hmm. um, and so whenever he lava spiked me on his turn two, I test of talented it. Nice. And um, his hand was path, triple skewer. Dang. Um, That's brutal. Yeah. And I ended up, I ended up losing in game three uh, because he just, like, drew a bolt. You know, dang, which is really tilting because he'd already cast one lightning bolt. It's like he on he only had three more. Uh, and that was the only one drop that could have killed me, because like if he casts a creature, I have a fatal push for it. Yeah, um, it happens. I mean, that's you know, that's burn. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it was really frustrating because I had a ring on two and my top card was shielded. Yeah. So uh, like, so like um, I don't know, that's that's like. I saw somebody like have this argument about blue black is that like your like, your matchups that are normally like unlosable like as far as um as far as like control decks go uh you know burn traditionally is like was more creature centric or like was had more had four more creatures in it and so like you didn't have to worry about them playing on your end step but the only thing that somebody back to what I was saying the thing that somebody said was that the thing that sucks about blue black is that you really can't play teferi and like teferi is really good and you know, I mean, just stops rings and stuff like that yeah like it's just 
it's really good, and I think that if you could play Teferi by, like, possibly splashing it without having to, like, go full tilt into a, a third color, I think that'd be really cool. Um, but, yeah, no, I yeah, I don't, I don't know how that match was supposed to go normally, uh, but I don't imagine that it's very good. It's pretty hard and less, like... It's basically only winnable if I can cast an early Merktide or if I can just, like, cast Shieldred on turn four and yeah, untap with it. Like, if I can untap with Shieldred, then I probably just, like, can't lose. Yeah, for sure. Because I can just, like, cast it and pass, and if they go to cast Rolling Vortex, I can force a negation it, and then I'm just, like, locked into the game. Like, yeah, cannot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's a, I guess it's, like, a get-lucky type thing. <laughs> yeah, it just depends. Yeah, like for sure. You have to mulligan a, a little bit aggressively, but you can't mulligan too much. Yeah, because it sure. is still burn, you know? like And you still have to hit land drops. Yeah, like <laughs> any... You basically just have to keep any hand that's like three lands, counterspell, fatal push. Yeah. You know, and then just hope that that gets you to casting yeah. Shieldred or the One Ring. For sure. So after you see your 1-2 at this point, going, there's five... You said five rounds or six rounds? Six rounds. Okay, so after I play burn... Versus, I played versus Scam in the next round. Okay. Um, Easy dub. Yeah, I uh, my opponent mulligan to five, goes turn one, basic swamp, pitch black card, casts grief, uh, solituded it. Nice. And he puts it back on top and says go. And just like play to land and pass. Wait, you solituded it? Not solitude, subtlety, I'm sorry. Uh, I was like, I was like, dang, maybe we are leaning into fairy. Subtlety, he puts it on top. I say go, he goes draw, pitch black card, cast grief again. Um, and I subtlety again, and he puts it on bottom. And so at this point, his hand is just one card, and it's a feign death. Just, like, doesn't play a second land, passes the turn. You don't have a hand in this one either. <laughs> yeah, no, I had pitched basically everything. But, yeah. So I just, like, played a land, said go. He draws and casts the Thought Seize. I let it resolve because my hand was just two lands, and then I just drew an Archmage Charm, and the rest... The game. Nice. Nice. Sorry, just how they drew it up. Yeah. All right, so we're 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, so I ended up crushing him. I also, that round, had a 15-minute judge call. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah. It was frustrating. Um, the problem was that my opponent started the game with a Leyline of the Void in play. Mm-hmm. And then on turn two, he cast a Dothy Voidwalker, which the way that that interaction works is players' cards who are being affected by the replacement effects get to choose which ones happen yeah so i have a bowmaster in play he cast fury to kill it and i put it in exile and he was like yeah just put it under the dothy because you know to represent the counter and i was like well it doesn't get one because of this interaction and it's really weird the way that works so i understand if you want to call a judge and he was like yeah i do it's not that i don't trust you it's just that that's kind of weird and i was like yeah no 100 percent like it's very fringe situation so the first judge comes up and it's like, yeah, so he gets to pick. So you do have to put the counter on the Bowmaster. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. You know, get the head. The other guy comes up and it's just like, yeah, no, he was right. He gets to pick. And I was like, OK, we'll go look it up and come back and tell me because I know for a fact how this works. Like, I've, I, I only know because I've been watching a lot of magic streams lately. So the guy was gone for like 15 minutes and my opponent was like, dude, it's not really that big a deal. Like, I'm about to just tell him, like. It's not that deep. You can have it. And I was like, well, yeah, this I is understand. okay. So this brings up a good topic, though. The topic being that I feel like every RCQ should have an actual judge as the 
I agree, 100%. Uh, I think it's like, I think that's like really, I had one last season that was really bad, like in Pioneer, where they didn't have a judge and they barely had somebody that knew what they were doing, let alone like, they didn't even like really play Magic except for like Commander, and there was like pre-con Commander, not like actual Commander. Or like, I, when I say actual Commander, I mean like competitive Commander. So it's like, it's very frustrating, especially when you know you're right and like, and you just, like, can't do anything about it, essentially. You have to, like, let them resolve it. It is really annoying, because, like, the two judges that go to that store, um, because they have a second judge now. The first RCQ I went to there, they just had one guy that hadn't played since he won the Mississippi State Championship in 2014. Ah, yes. Good times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, He actually beat me for winning in a top eight at that, but anyway. Wow. and then a different guy that's a head judge that just plays magic more often. Yeah. Casually, for the most part. Yeah, for sure. He ended up coming back up, and he was like, okay, yeah, no, he was right. Like I said, um, he gets to pick where the counter goes if it does, and it's just like, all right, well, that's not what you said, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I ended oh, up winning that match, and then the next round played versus Amulet Titan. Okay. Um, and, man... You want to talk about a salty magic player? <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, no, we won't. We won't get into yeah, no, I'm not going to get into all that. Players, I but I uh, no that that matchup. He killed me game one pretty early. Uh, it's like valid me to death. Yeah. Uh, played a dryad. Played a bunch of lands. I died. Ah oh, yes, the one thing that you can't beat. Yeah, unfortunately, I had like been holding. This I had thought about subtleting the Dryad, but I felt like I needed to wait for a Primeval Titan. Yeah. So he goes like cast tight or he casts the Dryad, goes play my land, bolt you, play my land, bolt you. I go to three, and then he casts Primeval Titan. I subtlety the Primeval Titan, and then he summoners packs, and uh, he has one green open, and he just goes and gets. Dang. And in game two, uh, it was a pretty, pretty good game. Uh, for the most part, uh, a lot of interaction. I basically I, I top decked a Sheldred when he had no cards in hand, and I cast it. Said go. He drew a land, played it and passed, and then I drew a one ring and ended the game at like fifty life, and he just couldn't could not physically kill me. Yeah, I've heard that. The uh, I will say that f- from playing a lot of Amulet, the sickest. The sickest things are, like, the, one of the sickest plays is when you cast some respect and your opponent's like, great, he's grabbing, whatever, and then you grab up a world grazer, and they're like, uh, what? <laughs> and it's like, they have a really puzzled look on their face, but then they realize that they're dead, because I would definitely be pacting for anything else besides our world grazer if they weren't. So, like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's fucking, it's awesome whenever you get to, like, our world grazer into a win. I mean, it was pretty brutal. He killed me. <laughs> um, and in game three, I just, like, uh, we both kept seven cards, and my seven was just, it just lined up really well. Like, I had double dress down and a damping sphere in it. Yeah. I also, <laughs> in game two, I cast damping sphere on turn two. <coughs> and my opponent goes, hey, man, I boarded out all of my besage you. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I would, don't know if I'd actually do that in that matchup. I wouldn't. But I don't think know. I would either. He, he did. Um, we went to game three, and he boarded two cards back in, and they were both Besaidu. Uh, yeah, that's fair. 
<laughs> and uh, but yeah, game three in my hand just like it lined up well. I had double damp- double dress down damping sphere. I had an engineered explosives and then lands. And I drew lands and ah yes, everything that Amulet Titan hates. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I just I played magic and he didn't. At one point, I had cast a Shieldred when he had a Primeval Titan in play. Uh, I cast Shieldred and passed, and he attacked me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll probably block. And so he goes and gets Odawara and Simic Growth Chamber. All right, yeah, sure. He bounces Odawara, and then I was like, yeah, I'll go to blocks. He's like, before blocks, I'll bounce your Shieldred. And he's like, uh, all right, man, y'all go to 14. It's just like untapped and recast the children, and then I won the game. <laughs> That's fair. And so that, I ended up winning that match. Um, nice. So what was we your winning in? The winning in was versus a friend Stupid. of mine, old Silos. Uh, he was playing Bant Miracles, actually. Ah, yes. Yep. Uh, it's just, you know, more or less a Silos special, basically. Yeah. Um, if, if you guys don't know. popped up recently. I was, yeah, oh, I was saying, it popped up recently when Danny fought, Danny like fought four out of prelim with it. And... Yeah, shout out to that guy. Honestly, yeah. I watched that uh, YouTube video. Yeah, that was more or less the list that Carlos was playing. He was just playing an Entreat the Angels, which I did not see until game three. It made me feel really stupid for not having Damnation in my deck. <laughs> That's fair, especially because <laughs> uh, Carlos has like no cards in hand and draws and miracles the Entreat for seven. Like, tapped out to do it. I was like, damn, that's pretty brutal. And my draw for turn was a, um... Fuck. A Commandeer, which is what I had taken... I had put in in place of the Damnation that I was playing in the main. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I drew that, and I was just like, wow. This is so fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh darn it. Because, <laughs> like, had it been a damnation, you know, I would have just, like, and been back in the game. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, yeah. yeah so he, you... ended, he ended up winning and then coming in ninth. Uh, but they were they were fun games. Carlos, yeah. for those of you that don't know, Carlos plays very sweet decks all the time. Yeah, he, he won his RCQ with, like, five-color walkers. Yep. And Pioneer or something like that. That know. was what he played. Five color planeswalkers, and that's pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I mean it's <laughs> it's an inspiration for people like me. You know? Yeah, for sure. People that want to just play <laughs> cool decks and do well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we haven't had an episode since Worlds happened. Um, or I, and uh, I don't know. Did you happen to catch any of the coverage, or did you watch any of it, or I watched basically every round that wasn't draft. Okay, so you watch all the constructed stuff. Yeah, for the most part. I, I didn't catch all of it because it was at kind of a weird out time for a lot yeah. of it. Um, well, I mean... It also, man, that event ran long. I mean, oh, it's a three-day event. Yeah, no, 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 I just mean, like, hourly. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It ran like, I was like in here at, like, 10 9 p.m. watching it, you know? Yeah, 10 in the morning until, like, I think it was, like, 7 or 8 o'clock at night. The last day ended pretty early. It ended at, like, 5 but yeah, the last day ended very quickly, which I was a little surprised about. But well, they cut like all the field basically. You had to be like X four to make it, or X five to make it, or something like that to day two. I think it was X. It was X four to day two. Yeah, something. Gosh, I can't remember what the records were for the top eight specifically, but yeah. 
But no, it was a it was a, it was a pretty good event to watch. The yeah, it, the finals I feel could have been a little more. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to that the uh, like so I always love when these tournaments come on because they're like maximum, uh, you know, coverage. Like the coverage for them is really really good. Uh, it's kind of similar to what the DreamHack events are getting to, I think. Um, which is good because like for the people that don't necessarily get to go to these events or, you know, you don't qualify for regional championships or whatever, you know, they get to watch it. But also it just like reminds me of 10 years ago, whenever we were watching, you know, I guess it wouldn't be, yeah, it'd be about 10 years ago. Yeah. It's when we were just like every, every, you know, third weekend of the month or whatever, there would be, you know, or like every weekend of the month, there would be a GP somewhere and you get to watch the GP all weekend. And so I yeah, miss I, Dude, things. I miss GP coverage so much. Yeah. I like, I think I have like a hundred, almost 200K viewer points on Will Hall's stream from just watching old GPs and like watching old pro tours and stuff, um, which is, I, I, I promise it's not a problem, but um, <laughs> So yeah, so top eight was um, coming in eighth was Esper. It looks like looks like Esper Legends, uh, Lorenzo Terlizzi, um, Greg Orange. Shout out to that man for always playing control. Uh, he was playing Bant control. Uh, Reed was playing the five pillar uh, domain ramp deck. Um, Willie Edel was playing, it looks like, the five-color, like, control-ish style domain deck. Um, and then Anthony Lee being the shining star throughout the entire weekend. They covered him a lot, which I noticed. Uh, I, I think primarily because I think it was, like, his first, like, major breakthrough in a tournament. Uh, obviously, he qualified for Worlds, so there... Because I think he won the Australian... Yeah, I think this RC. was his first Worlds event that he yeah. played in. And it and was he, also he his first Worlds Top 8, obviously. But. Also, I'm glad that he played like uh, red, like black-green uh, and did so well. Because I, I really like the deck, and to see him do really well was really dope. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Anthony Lee, I think in fourth place with Golgari. Uh, and then the <laughs> Danish destroyer, Simon Nielsen, Third top eight in a row. He yeah, top eighted the last two pro well. tours and then just top eighted Worlds. Um, he's been doing very, very well. Yeah, he's also player of the year. He won that from Reed Duke when he uh, won his top eight match. Um, and Reed lost. So it was a race for player of the year. Um, yeah, so him and Reed were basically, go like going into the last round, were essentially tied. Almost. I think Simon was... Uh, up by like a point or two and then you know if reed basically wins the tournament then he wins player of the year if simon basically wins the tournament or goes deeper he wins player of the year so it was really cool that like he did that he like you know I mean, he's on a tear he's yeah not for sure it's crazy and then we had an esper final uh with i think it was esper mid-range versus esper legends um and yeah, uh jean amel was the only person playing esper legends uh, yeah, uh, it was, or uh, Terlici was playing the... Yeah, Terlici was playing just the mid-range deck. Gotcha, okay. Because, um, um, his deck is missed, like, he's not playing, uh, Thalia and, um... Gotcha, Skrelve and stuff. Skrelve, yeah. that's the card I'm thinking of. So he's able to play more removal and more counter magic. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and John Emmanuel Dupra, like, he... He's good for, like, one insane win or insane deep run, like, every couple of years. Or, like, once a year, probably. Basically, yeah. Yeah, like, he'll, just, he'll, like, he'll really beat well all these randomly. tournaments. Yeah, he'll beat all these tournaments, and then he'll just come and win Worlds. And then it's like, oh, this guy still is still playing Magic. And you're like, dang. Like, because you don't really see him all the time because he... Well, he's, like, at Worlds all the time, and he's just never really, like, able to close the gap. And then yeah. he just randomly... Just went on an absolute tear. Yeah, he he crushed it, and um, yeah, so that was really dope. I, I think that I guess since we're talking about like standard in general, I mean, you obviously play a lot of arena as well. Uh, what do you think about the current standard? And like, w- would you play it in paper if you if there was like a, a scene for it? Uh, so technically, there's you know the standard championship and everything is for be... sure but like who's who walks around with a standard deck updated in their bag like yeah um, not many so people i'm probably not gonna be one of those people i personally <laughs> don't like standard a whole lot right now i feel like, like we're always on the opposite side of the fence for me when it comes to like formats <laughs> so the thing is that like i should like standard right now because yeah. it's just all mid-range decks i mean I, mid-range and control decks yeah yeah, exactly. Those are the two decks that I play. <laughs> That's fair. I, like, only play mid-range and control, but at the same time, it's, like, it's kind of the problem that Standard has where every card in all of these decks is just the same cards. That's fair. Like, all the, of these Esper decks are just the same deck, but minus a couple of things. For sure. You know. And I think that's what they wanted to, though. They didn't want the format. Like, that's why they extended the, like, amount of sets that are in Standard. Because I think that they're like their idea was like print cards that kind of balance the format, but also not have people get upset with the constant really rotating all the time, especially at the price point that it's at. Because like if you're having to buy shielders, right? Like then you know you buying a bunch of shielders. Now, given shielders is not a great example, but like another de- like all the lands, for instance, right? Like if you're spending forty to $80 on just lands for one deck and then they rotate out in like four months, you're going to be really upset. Like you're not going to play the format anymore. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, like, I don't want to have to buy brand new shock lands every year. Yeah, for sure. And Basically, like, I don't want to have to spend $20 on new dual lands for every standard. Or t- yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so I think that's why they kind of elongated it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think the coverage was great. I think that the entire, like, um, the entire weekend, I watched a lot of the draft portions. Um I basically watched the almost the entire tournament from start to finish. Uh, like, I left work early that, that Friday, and, like, you know, it was, like, right when I left work early, it was, um, it was like, coming on uh, to the, uh, like, co- like, just now starting coverage or whatever on Friday. So I was, like, this is sick. <laughs> so I just, like, played Magic and watched Magic all day, which was, which was really refreshing to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've been off work for a minute and I haven't had a whole lot to do but watch magic content so. that's fair yeah the um, the other thing I was going to say is like I, I, we're always kind of like on the opposite sides of the, the coin there with like our take on formats I don't know why I don't know what's going on I don't know why that happens but I personally really like standard I think that like 
I think standard is in like a spot where there's not like one right answer, and I love formats like that. That's fair. Like, um, like the fact that like this top eight now this top eight has a little grouping. Like there is a few Esper decks, and like there's a couple of the five color decks. But at the end of the day, like the fact that Golgari can like you know stand up to these decks is like super sweet. Um, yeah, shout out to Anthony Lee for being the one guy who's just playing the fairest magic that he can. You know what I mean? I know. And you know what was crazy? And I talked about this with someone. I forgot who I talked about this with. But I talked to, to someone about this, and it was like uh, he was bringing in Phyrexian. Um, uh, he was bringing in Phyrexian Arena like all the time, like every single matchup. And it, like not every single matchup, obviously, but like a lot of them. And it actually won him the game a lot of the times. Like, it was just weird because you don't you don't think of Frexian Arena as being, like, this super good overpowered card. But, like, in a format where you're just, like, getting an extra card every turn, like... I mean, if just, everybody's just playing these grindy mid-range decks... Correct. Like, like, it's just super good. And he, every single match that he played against 4-color, 5-color was won off the back of Liliana the Veil. Oh, yeah, I believe like, that 100%. Like, it, it, it was honestly incredible how many times Liliana the Veil, like, showed up and just ticked up forever and just essentially won the game so no shout out to shout out to everyone that made the top eight of that that's super dope um yeah i mean that's definitely like you know a group of some of the best magic players that you'll oh, see oh for sure i mean simon that i think that's crazy three bat like three in a row three big top eights in a row that dude's qualified till he's till like for the next two years basically yeah at least <laughs> I mean, he'll be qualified till he's 65 probably yeah exactly um but also, like, I think the top four got, like, $20,000 or something, so that's not bad. <laughs> um, I, I know, so, like, in the finals, um, when Jean Dupra and Kazuna Kasaka were playing against each other, in game two, you know, Kazuna mulligan to five, feels bad every time, but... Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jean Dupra, like, <laughs> you could hear him in the coverage, he was like, look, man, I'm sorry, but at the same time, like, I'm... Kazuna was just like, I get it, like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be apologizing. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's I mean, pretty brutal. Like, I, yeah, you hate to see that, too, because that happened at the Pro Tour before this. Yeah. It's yeah. like there was just like a non-game in the very last game of the finals, and you're just like, this kind of sucks, you know? Like, it's yeah, because it was the uh, Scam versus Tron matchup, and the guy's yeah. like, his opponent mulligans to zero, basically, you know? Like, yeah, mulligan and Jake was just got... like, Jake was just like, please keep going down on cards. Yeah, like, like <laughs> he's like, please, I've got scam, I've got grief scam ready, and yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I don't know. I personally think the standard's in a great spot. I, I, I like that you can basically play anything and and you know, I guess kind of, uh, I guess innovate a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, the decks are still the decks. Uh, like all the big mana decks are still going to be those. Um, but like soldier showing up in the top eight. Yeah, that also, shout out to that, just that being a, another deck that just uh, popped up. Yeah. Like, it's existed for a while, obviously, but this was, like, Blue-White Soldiers was definitely not a deck that people were saying was going to top eight of Magic Tournament, you know what I mean? Yeah, his reasoning behind it was because they expected a lot of, like, four-color, five-color stuff, um, and it just goes underneath them. Uh, and a lot of times they have, like, a lot of resilient threats by being able to, like, flash in... The resolute reinforcements and like play around sunfall that way and you know stuff like that so it definitely worked for him i think he went like basically undefeated in standard 
So yeah, I'm, I don't remember exactly what his record was, but I mean, he he did very well um, and constructed. I mean, at he least. double drew into the top eight, I think. So. Or he got well, so the way that the tournament was set up is there's no draws if you're already locked for top eight. So if you got to, I think it was like thirty match points, right? So if he gets to ten wins before the second to last round, so I guess there's what fifteen rounds, fourteen rounds, fifteen rounds. I think I it was remember. it was it was a weird number because I think it was like seven day one, eight day two, and then day three. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it was either. Four, it was either like 15 rounds or 16 rounds, but or no, it was 14 rounds, 14 rounds. Yeah, but once you got to 10 before the last round, you had buys into the top eight. So there wasn't a, it wasn't like a you get paired up and you have to either, you know, play a game or concede or do whatever. You just got buys into the playoff. So when Reed and Simon both hit 10 wins, they just basically got to sit around for the rest of the day. Because every round they got paired, they got the next round after they got to ten wins was all just free wins to the top eight. So that's pretty cool. Um, Shout and, out to uh, also, I just want to point this out: the nicest guy, the biggest homie of the entire weekend, uh, the dude who conceded to Lorenzo Terlizzi. At oh the, yeah, winning a top eight. Mm-hmm. That was. Um, I can't remember what his name uh, is. I know what it is. It's uh, Ken Takahama. Yeah, Ken Takahama. He just like secretly went to Worlds, basically, from yeah. uh, just accidentally winning and top eighting a bunch of Magic tournaments, and then they were just like, "Yeah, actually, you are allowed to go to Worlds now." That's <laughs> <laughs> super gas, actually. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, you know, he's in his win and in playing against like playing the Esper Mirror. They both have basically the exact same hand. The only difference is his opponent had a Gix's command. Yep, and, and then uh, he conceded because of that. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. that. Shout out to that guy, though, for just, like, being, you know, because there's no good way to handle that situation, right? Like, what do you do in that position? Yeah, another thing, too, is uh, is shout out to the to, to um, Yuta Takahashi for conceding to Willie Edel. Uh, in yeah. day in day one to make day two, and then Willie Edel basically going undefeated into the top eight. Yeah, I don't think he lost a single match in day two. Yeah, I don't think he did either. I think he 3-0'd the draft, and then I think he just ran through everybody in standard and made top eight. And that all happened because Utah, he conceded to him uh, on day one to, for him to get to day two. And Willie Edel's remark was hilarious. He goes, he goes you've already been to the, he's like, you've already won Worlds. Give me a try. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of nice. funny. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Um. But yeah, no, I I, th- I think that the coverage was great. I think the the, uh, the casters and stuff were great. The the everything's usually always super sick. All the interviews were dope. Um, yeah, I, no, it I enjoyed great... it a lot. I enjoyed the coverage. I thought that it was really good. Yeah, so I guess. Uh, well, you're not gonna go. You're not gonna go to Dallas for SCG, um, but um, since you're. Okay, yeah. So you do you have an RCQ? I guess what what's coming up for you? So for me, so this weekend there's the standard store championship, yeah, yeah, which sure. I'm probably not playing in. Um, Understand? It's that's probably going to be four people total. Okay. Um, because all of the standard store championships have been, you know, like at most eight. Understandable. Um, so I'm probably not going to play in that. I also just don't have a deck together. I'll figure it out. 
sure I'll decide to play it. But um, anyway, so then next weekend, October 14th, is top tier is having a modern RCQ. That's Heard here that. in Hattiesburg. So always nice for there to be a shop five minutes from the house. Nice, nice, That's nice. RCQ. And, the, and then McNarbs is after, the weekend after? Yep, McNarbs is October 21st. So that is also my birthday. I'll be going, I'll be turning 30 at McNarbs. Nice. I'm going to try and be there, uh, barring uh, the fact that I cannot move back uh, because of my injury. Uh, that would be the only reason that I will not be there. But uh, Yeah, hopefully you pull up. Uh, yeah, if you, I mean, if, if you if do, I'm, I mean, If I'm in me. town and I move back, I, well, I'm moving back, but, if, you know, if I'm in town, I'm going. So Right. Like, yeah. There's no good fans or butts about that. But If I, you do, you know, concede to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. It's my birthday. Yeah, I'm just I'm just sitting down shaking your hand. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Birthday boy privileges. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, exactly. Um, but yeah, dude. So like, uh, for me, I I I would say for me, I tried to play an RCQ this weekend, but apparently it sold out uh, in the last hour. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's so inconvenient. Yeah, it's very happened. inconvenient. Because I was trying to figure out if I wanted to play because of my deck choice. Because I didn't really feel like playing Amulet and. So I was messaged a friend of mine, and I was like, hey, do you have a deck I can borrow? Because he's judging the event. And he was like, yeah, I got this, 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 and this. And I was like, um, and then I was trying to figure that out. So in the hour of me thinking about what to play and send, what list to send him, he basically, or the, the, the RCQ basically filled up. So I was like, uh, great. So, that, um, so I that put makes my a lot name of down. Sense. Yeah, I put my name down. So the last time that this happened with the same store, uh, I put my name down and they called me the day of, like, I, I planned on showing up anyways. Like I planned on just being there at the start of the tournament to see if anybody didn't show up. Um, but he called me like an hour before the signup started. So he called me at like 9am and he was like, Hey Brandon, uh, I just want to let you know, like somebody did back out last night. Uh, so, you know, you can come and play in the tournament. I was like sick. So doing 100 um, miles an hour on your way down there <laughs> i mean it's it's only like 10 minutes away so it's not oh, like okay. terrible that's, yeah. yeah that's fine then. yeah um so it's not like it's not bad this is the closest store to me this is like the store that i go to like on sundays to play modern and stuff like that so um but yeah so i don't know what uh if i can play but if i do uh i'm probably just gonna put my hand in a bag of decks and pick a deck that's basically it so you haven't locked in on a strategy yet no, I don't think so. I was kind of. I want to play hardened scales to be real to to be realistic. Like I want to. I really want to play that deck, but um, I I don't know. I I'm kind of leaning towards playing creativity. Honestly, I don't know why. It's like in my gut, it's telling me to play creativity for some reason, and it could be completely wrong, and it probably is. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. It, you know, it, it is uh, what it is. But I don't, um, <laughs> it, look, it's a modern legal deck. It is a modern legal deck. Um, it's the only other thing that I don't want to play Murktide. I just think the, the the matchups boring, and like I just think it's it's matchups across the board are boring. I don't have fun playing the deck, and I feel like if I don't have at least some amount of fun playing a deck, then I just like get complacent. So you will definitely do much worse if you don't enjoy it. Correct, and so that's why I'm like leaning towards either four color or playing creativity, um, just because of the fact that like. It's, I don't know, it's something that I enjoy playing. Um, well, they're sweet, you know. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to play Rhinos because there's a lot of Rhinos here locally, so. Uh, yeah, 
<laughs> it's kind of crazy that you said that there were so many Rhinos players that are going to be there. Because um, I was pretty on board with you playing that. But if, if half of the room is going to be Rhinos, then I, I think... I wouldn't say half the room, but I'll tell, I'll tell you this. So there was... Uh, two Sundays ago, I went and played Sunday Modern, right? Like, just the same store. You know, they do Sunday Modern, 32-player max. I think there was, like, 24 players there or something like that on a Sunday. And out of the 24 players, there was, like, eight Rhinos players, which is a third of the room. Which is, like, and whether, whether it was three-color Rhinos, four-color Rhinos, whatever, like, or domain Rhinos, like, somebody was playing that. Um, the old Leyline Binding Rhinos deck. Yeah, I mean, just like it's like the four color version, uh, but it was like actually playing uh, Tribal Flames. But it was playing, it was playing that, and it was playing Violent Outburst, which doesn't make any sense to me. But hey, people teach their own, right? Um, but yeah, so there were so many Rhinos players, and a lot of people play Rhinos yeah, at my local store. So like, it's just, it's I don't know. I I don't feel comfortable just basically coin flipping the mirror all day like whoever gets the cascade first essentially wins or whoever has the counter spell for the the rhino um that definitely unfortunately is what that mirror lines up like yeah it really is if your opponent just casts the cascade spell and you don't have the counter spell you lose Uh, exactly on the spot (laughs) a really boring mirror match yes um it's like the only matchup where i actually feel good about dead and gone <laughs> right, like, it's it's like three mana on summon yeah. four four. <laughs> exactly, that's like the best thing you can be doing. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I think we got some exciting things coming up. Um, I know that our episode next week um, is going to have a special guest on it. Uh, it's somebody that we have been planning for a little while now. Um, it's a pretty big name in the Magic community, and. Uh, and so, uh, oh, am I going to be on the personal next hero too? of mine? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll have a really, really probably a, a little bit longer of an episode next week, and uh, and kind of, uh, I guess delve into the modern format a little bit deeper and kind of what to expect moving forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we wanted to kind of keep it short and sweet this week. As you know, thank you so much, BST, for. For pulling up and, and taking Vega's spot and, and coming back uh, for a little while, hanging out with me, you know, I know that's super fun. I know you get excited every time I ask you if you want to hang out. So I do. I love. This I love is why. Out. This is why I was like hyped whenever I found out two hours ago that you're gonna be <laughs> subbing in. Yeah. So okay, let me clear that up. So basically, I asked Vega if if he wanted you to like if he wanted me to ask you to sub in, and then without him responding to me at all. He then texts you and and then says it. So then you come to me and you're like, hey, what time do you want to do this? And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so confused. Like, how do you even know that? Like, <laughs> so that's why I was confused on like what, what's going on. No, so um, no, it's definitely definitely always fun to hang out with the boy. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you cleared the air because whenever I messaged you and you were just like, huh? I was like, oh, he just doesn't want to hang out with me. That's fine. I guess I'll just go. You know. <laughs> that wasn't it. But yeah. I'll just go hang myself. Uh. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, so, all right. So I'm going to say it again. Uh, we try. I try and clear up the episode with like some weird whining question every single time. So if you're playing an RCQ this weekend, let's say the RCQ format is indeed modern, just like the season is. What deck are you playing? And uh, I guess... A brief summary of why. Uh, so for me personally, I'm probably just going to run black, run back blue black again. Okay. Um, I just, 
I feel like the deck is very well positioned versus <laughs> so many decks in the format. Yeah. Um, I will say that one small change I am going to make is I will be playing uh, the extra island. I, <laughs> that, Never going to leave home without it again. <laughs> I'm mulliganed at least once every single game. That's crazy. To only having one land. That's um, crazy. So I, I will be running... Percentages, man. Percentages. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is what it is. So I, I will be playing blue-black again. Um, if I didn't play blue-black, like if I wasn't a madman, I think that... Uh, I would probably be leaning in more towards like a real modern deck. Like I don't think I would play Scam because I don't want to play the Mirror all day. Um, so that's I would fair. probably play like there weren't a lot of Rhinos at Vans, so that's probably something I would look into. Yeah, Rhino. I think Rhinos is super good, but everyone up here plays it, so it's like it's either you're playing a Mirror match or you're like never seeing it, and that's it. So. So I would be between blue black rhinos or blue red Merktide because Merktide is just like it fits my playstyle a lot. For sure. Yeah, for me, I think I, if I had to choose, if I picked, if I was able to pick any deck, it definitely I would just essentially play hardened skills. I think the deck's like super sleeper good. Um, no one's really playing Force of Vigor that much anymore. Um, so I think the deck is well positioned currently. Now, will it stay like that? Probably not. But um, I think the deck is really well positioned right now. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. So if I wasn't playing Hardened Skills, I'd pr I I think I might play four-color, like, Beanstalk, like, control-ish type deal. I don't know. I'm, I'm still used to playing that deck from way back, so I, I think I would do it again. But I'd definitely play Ephemerate somewhere in the 75. Or excuse me, seventy nine or whatever the number would be. Anywhere, anywhere between <laughs> yeah, seventy five and one hundred and eighty. Honestly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Just um, some yeah. amount of cards. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Let me add yeah, one know. of these time warps. Yeah, fuck it. We can like, just play four time warps. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I yeah, did dude. test of talents. Carlos's time warps. Saturday, that sounds by the way. brutal. I'm not gonna and lie. That he conceded on the spot. <laughs> I bet <laughs> he was just like, "Yep, all right, let's go to game two. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, dude, so so thank you so much for, for obviously coming in, filling in the spot late late last minute notice. Um, I appreciate it. Um, and obviously, uh, we'll definitely have you back on uh, more and more in the future. Um, but yeah, so that's about going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, I will, like I said, we will be back uploading. I think we're recording the episode on next Wednesday, so it'll probably be up next Thursday or Friday. Um, with a special guest, I know the, the last episode we had a special guest as well, but this one, um, uh, we, we've been asking for a while and trying to work out their, with their schedule. So it's going to be super sick. Um, and we'll also have Vega back next week. Um, and I won't have to play host because <laughs> <laughs> playing host is kind of like putting you on the spot, but, um, no, I had fun. Uh, so yeah, dude, thank you so much for stopping by. Um, and yeah, uh, again, thank you guys for, for coming by and listening to uh the completed podcast the other thing i was going to say is check out us on social media it's at team underscore metamorph um also if you if you do be so kind as to drop a like drop a follow on the podcast leave a review do something just to just to show us some love tell us if you like it tell us if you don't like it i don't care if you roast us it's going to be all good but yeah so thank you again bst and we will see you guys next week peace yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you.